You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, Be'ezras Hashem, tonight we're going to be continuing our series of shirim on the inner world of anxiety. And tonight's shir is going to be titled, The Need to Be Elsewhere. Now we're going to pick up a little bit from where we left off last week with regards to what happens after HaKadosh Baruch Hu casts Adam and Chava out of Gan Eden and places in front of them that lahat ha that rotating sort of doubt that blocks the individual from entering in to that primordial space of calmness of the spirit where one did not have to question what was up or down, but rather one abided in their very natural thisness, in their existence, their pure existence. And only after being cast out, we encounter a world of svekos, we encounter a world of doubt and confusion, which as we have said, is also the birthplace of sipuk satisfaction, self-sufficiency, and an ability to find oneself in a place of amuna at each and every moment. But what we didn't speak too much about is the first part of the Pasuk, that vayigaresh ha'adam, that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did was he cast Adam and Chava out from their original place, from their proper place, so that on a certain level, the birthplace of that post-Edenic form of subjectivity, what it meant to be a human being outside of the confines and that womb-like experience of Gan Eden was the sense of having always already been cast out away from the proper place and finding oneself in an improper place, having been deferred from where one is meant to be and experiencing place in a place that a person finds themselves to be always already after having been cast away. And what we're going to be speaking about tonight is how an element of anxiety, an element of the human experience in that post-Eden state of mind is going to be a certain undying sense of needing to return back to a place that I feel I truly should be, but never quite being able to return there. So that the pulsation or the dialectical sway between the desire on the one hand to return to a rightful place of origin, but on the other hand, encountering constantly the blockage that prevents me from returning back to that place creates within the individual a sense of placelessness, that wherever I am is the wrong place, which creates within the sense of the mind a desire that if I were just elsewhere, if I were able to get back to that place that I was meant to be, then perhaps thing would be, things would be settled, things would be the way they are meant to be. But in our deferred state, having been kicked out of being cast out away from our rightful place, we live a life of deferred wandering, trying to find that place where we know we will find rest, but never quite being capable of entering back into that place.
Now, this may have been born in a potential way with the dispersing of Adam and Chava out of Gan Eden and into the world of Golos and exile, but it doesn't take true form. It doesn't become an element that constitutes human consciousness until we encounter Cain and Hevel. Because as the Pasuk tells us, the immediate repercussion of being cast out of Gan Eden is Vayada Adam as Chava, that Adam knew Chava, and Chava bore a child, she bore Cain, and then after Cain was born, Hevel was born. So almost as if to tell us that being cast out of Gan Eden, or the sense of being deferred from our rightful place, and never feeling like we are where we are meant to be, never at the exact spot that we truly need to be at, is the very origin of the birth of Cain. It is the setting of the stage for us to properly understand the experience of Cain and Hevel. Now, these two paradigms, these two archetypal models of what it means to be an individual in the world, Cain and Hevel, the Arizal tells us, the Gra tells us, the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh tells us, all of our tzaddikim tell us, that Cain and Hevel were not simply two individuals, but rather they were two elements of each and every person. And while there are particular souls that are rooted more in a Cain archetype, more associated with severity and intensity, and there are souls that are associated with a Hevel type, more associated with expansivity and calmness, nevertheless, each and every one of us contain within ourselves elements of Cain and Hevel. So that understood through a psychological lens, we all encounter an ongoing battle of the story of Cain and Hevel that begins at the origin of history and it ends at the end of history with the two elements of Mashiach, Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. Now, Cain, as our tzaddikim tell us and our Meforshim point out, shares the same etymological root as the word Kenyan, acquisition, acquiring things, maintaining personal property, working the land and subduing it, ensuring that the human being is meant to feel the prowess over the wilderness. Hevel, on the other hand, represents air. It represents the futility of all things. Hevel havalim amar koheles, hakol hevel hevel havalim. Almost as if to state that this world is so transient, it's so quick, it's so vulnerable, that the comfort that we seek is not to be found in acquisition. It's not to be found in devouring and consumption, but rather it's meant to be found in the airiness of thought, in the airiness of contemplation floating in midair, so to speak. And this confrontation between, on the one hand, the desire to be kona devarim, to acquire objects, faced with death awareness, faced with that undying sense that things in this world will not last forever, that we do not know when things will culminate forcing us again to throw ourselves with urgency into every given moment. And then that death awareness that emerges from the Eitz Hadas Tevera is cut through with Sveikos that emerge from the Laha Tacharephes So we are filled with death awareness and a doubtful, confusing way of looking at the world. These two elements give birth to an existential condition that is the birthplace of our encounter with the self. 
in response to those two things, Cain was very right in trying to live a life of comfort through acquiring objects, through a sense of consuming, consumption, owning what I can in this present moment, anchoring myself down in that which I conceive as permanence. Hevel, on the other hand, says no. We must live with the transiency. We have to live with that awareness of Hevel Havalim, of that feeling of Kohelis, which is read specifically in the time of Sukkot, when Bnei Yisrael go out into that transiency, into that unstable reality of dancing in thin air. Kain's attempt to be Kona Devarim, Kain's attempt to live with a certain level of certainty in the face of unbearable doubt was understandable. But nevertheless, it led to an even further descent into the very real nature of anxiety. Because as Rav Dessler tells us, Rav Dessler says as follows, that a person can be understood, if you want to under understand the true nature of an individual's spiritual standing, it can be determined by looking at three things. A person can be judged in three ways. That a person can be judged in three ways. In their isolation, how they are in their howling solitude between them and God, between them and their soul when they are giving and not attempting to take, and when they are attempting to be present in the present moment, as opposed to attempting to consume and acquire. That the very natural tendency of human beings in this world that is cut through with anxiety and transiency is to grab hold of something that we can lay claim to, to grab hold of something permanent, to place my name on something, to make my name known, to believe that this thing will survive my expiration. This was the desire of Cain. And in response to this experience of Cain's desire, he had to murder the concept of Hevel. He had to get rid of that concept in his mind of Hevel Havalim, of the transiency of things, which pulsated at the heart of every acquirement, of every purchase, of every object that was consumed, that whisper of Hevel Havalim Hakol Hevel, kept him up at night, lahavdil or kavyachol, kept him awake, for at the heart of that artificial comfort in acquiring goods, in living with an artificial sense of sufficiency and comfort, that notion of hevel havalim, everything is transient, nothing lasts forever, kept Cain awake and he had to destroy hevel. And we find that as a punishment, hevel's punishment, after our Kaddish Baruch Hu enters into a profound conversation with Cain after he is crestfallen and sad or depressed or tzabrachin after seeing that he was not chosen, that his korban was not received. And Hashem says to him, do you think that my love for you is contingent on your actions being loved or not? My love is unconditional. You have the ability to transform yourself. In fact, you have the ability to be even greater than your brother Hevel. But if you're incapable of that, you'll be swallowed whole by this world. Chet and chisaron and desire and discomfort and exile, they rest right outside the horizon of your vision. 
And if you're not capable of making the choice and focusing on your power of Bechira, you will fall into it. But at the same point, you have the ability to free yourself. And unfortunately, Cain was not capable of doing so. And as a punishment, we're told that Cain is told, no v'nad you are going to wander the land. As a result of your inability to let go of that desire for acquiring things, for that desire for substantiality to quiet down the anxiety of what it means to live with an acute awareness of transiency, you will now be forced to really experience the opposite of kinyanim, the opposite of acquiring. You will be forced to wander. You will be forced to be placeless. You'll be forced to go from place to place seeking comfort, seeking satisfaction. Yet at the very moment that you think you may have found satisfaction, you will be cast out away from that place to wander even further stuck within a ruminating process of assuming I have arrived at the destination of comfort and then struggling with the anxiety that keeps me awake in that place of comfort. And it happens ad infinitum that a person thinks they've arrived at the place only to find that discomfort at the heart of their experience. Because we lost a luminary, because Klal Yisrael is suffering this week with the loss of certain tzaddikim, I'll tell one story that moved me very deeply with regards to this Indian from Rav Avram Yoshua Tversky, Rav Dr. Abraham A.J. Tversky, that Dr. Tversky, after working and spending so much time working with clients who were suffering this sense of placelessness, these neshamos of addiction and potential addiction, these souls of chaos, these souls of kayan, these souls of severity, Rabbi Dr. Tversky, took the time to give himself a vacation. He was going to go to Saratoga Springs. And it was something that he spent Yoimam Velayla thinking about, excited about. And he finally makes his way there and he gets there. And he's so incredibly excited. He's so incredibly excited to be alone, to not be bothered, to not struggle anymore with the voices of people that bother him. And he gets his robe and he settles into these mineral spring baths. And he finds himself encountering voices again, hearing people that are annoying him, hearing things that displease him. And he found himself so uncomfortable that he had to get out of the spring bath that he had looked so forward to and retreat back to his hotel room. And in a classic sense of keeping the punchline for the end of the story, Rabbi Tursky says, and he says, you know who was talking when I was in that mineral spring bath? It was myself. There was no one else there. It was me and my thoughts. But I had convinced myself, says Rav Tversky, that I would find my makom, I would find my place in that place, I would find satisfaction. And truth be told, the same things that bothered me were there with me. The same troubles, the same things that distracted me from comfort were there with me. Almost as if to teach us that to live with this curse of Kayan is to wander without respite, to wander without comfort. Now, the Meforshim ask a question. What is the nature of this curse? What is the nature of no v'nad yihiyah ba'aretz? Kayan had b'chira chavshis. The curse was not that Hashem took away his free will. So how could it be that Kayan was incapable of settling in a place? What type of curse is this? If he has b'chira, then let him settle where he wants to settle without wandering. Let him create a new space for himself, a comfortable place where he knows where things are. 
a habitat where he can cultivate habits and live a habituated lifestyle without worrying or wondering. What is the impulse? What was pushing him to wander? And the Koshinitzer Magid, the Avodis Yisrael, at the end of Parshas Bereshis, it's a teaching we've discussed in previous shirim, says something incredible. He asks this kasha. He says, what exactly is taking place here? What is blocking Kayan from settling wherever he chooses to settle? What is this existential burden of the need to wander? And the Kajanitzer Magid says as follows, something so precise to modern consciousness that it's almost impossible to believe that it was written so long ago. But that they speak to their generation and they speak for the generations that come afterwards as well. The Kajanitzer Magid says that in truth, this klala of novenad yihia ba'aretz, that you will wander, that you will never find satisfaction in the place that you find yourself, always feeling homesick for some elsewhere, even though there is no home that you're trying to return to. Where you are right now is your home, but you're filled with homesickness at home itself. This klala was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Pairesh Mesach HaMavdil B'Meichel Shalkayin. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu spread out a partition that created a blockage within the mind of Kayin. So it was a psychological state. It was an impossibility for the mind to find the settledness where it was. And anytime Kayan arrived at that place, anytime Kayan felt that he had found where he needed to be, the mind awoke once again to convince him that there's elsewhere you need to be. Those whispers again saying, perhaps there's somewhere else where things will be better. Perhaps there's somewhere else where you will find the comfort you so desperately seek. And this klala prevented Kayan from ever settling in one singular place. Kayan was filled with an undying sense that elsewhere is where the secret of my success lies, preventing him from ever being present in the present moment itself, preventing him from ever finding comfort in the place that he needs to be. Now, this condition, this nature of wandering, this undying sense that I need to move elsewhere, in order to find myself, is a condition that affects all of us. That in truth, there's no individual who doesn't have a place. But the reality of our experiences very often is that we convince ourselves that our chesronos and our lacks and our discomfort and our fears are simply because the circumstances of our lives are not the way we need them to be. But if the condition of my life enabled me to have the circumstances that I truly need, then I will find my happiness. We live with a perpetual sense of chisaron, of not having enough. This place is the problem. This place where I am at right now is the reason I can't find menucha sanafesh. This place where I am at right now is why I can't start in Avaida Hashem. It's why I can't find settled mindedness that I so deeply desire. But if I go there, or if I had what they had, or if I travel far enough, and I have the conditions that are perfect according to my understanding, then I will find my happiness. And this klala, this klala is so deep that it creates a dimyon in the mind that there is some elsewhere out there that is perfect enough to create the conditions necessary for menucha sanefesh, creating within the self a deep undying desire that I need to be elsewhere. Where I am is not okay. 
And this klala of Kayin is overwhelming. Gadol this is too great for me to bear. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how are we meant to live in a world with an undying feeling of dissatisfaction where we are, of kicking the conditions in which we live? of being filled with a concern that perhaps something is not right in this place. Perhaps if I were to talk to that person at that moment, I would be okay. I wouldn't be filled with a sense of missing out. I wouldn't be filled with an overwhelming need to be in the know. Now, the idea of makom, the idea of an individual having a place, feeling satisfied with where they are, is not simply one element that a human being needs in order to function, but rather it is constitutive to the very experience of what it means to be human being. When we look at the very origin of the creation of the world, the concept of tzimtzum, if we look at it through eyes of trying to understand what it means for us, it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu creating a place. It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu creating a place for the world. The very origin of existence is the need for human beings to have a place. Yet, as a result of the curse of Cain, we are filled with an undying sense of being placeless, of being homeless, of not having that bias, of not having that place to rest our head, of not having that place where everybody knows our name, and we're cast out to wander. Now, wandering is the very condition of what it means to be a Yid. The Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh tells us famously that the 42 journeys that the Jewish people went through throughout Mitzrayim, those existential journeys from one place to another, where the Jewish people were capable of realizing their pure and utter powerlessness, that it was only according to the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that led us to travel, and only the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu which allowed us to settle. Those 42 Masa'os are not simply historical journeys that took place with the historical body of Kla Yisrael, but rather they are the 42 journeys with each and every individual, each and every mind encounters in their life wandering and thinking that we've reached our place only to stutter once again, feeling we need to be elsewhere. And it's this journeying, this wandering, this halicha, this novenad yihab aretz, this backwards and forwards, always feeling that our success rests elsewhere, which is the birthplace of this undying sense of anxiety that perhaps things need to be different right now. Perhaps if only I was capable of being there, things would be okay. But as we've spoken about so often, and especially in these shirim, the very condition that gives birth to our discomfort, the very origin of our anxiety, is also the birthplace of our capacity to confront it. And confronting it doesn't simply mean learning how to be mitmodeid with it, learning how to deal with it, but confronting it means learning how to force it to give us its gifts. That Kayan, in truth, if he is capable of overcoming his klala, if he is capable of understanding the true essence of what Novenad Yehbaaretz means, it's not enough that he won't be bothered, but he will overcome himself and he will become bigger and more than he actually was. And this is what it means that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave Kayan an os. Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave Kayan a sign. What was this sign? Kayan says, "My my burden is too heavy to bear." The baggage of wandering to and fro, never feeling comfortable, is simply too overwhelming for an individual in the transient reality of life. So Hashem says, don't worry. Don't worry. It's not your fault that you feel this way. I'm going to give you a sign that is going to protect you. It's going to protect you from annihilation. 
And what was that sign? What was the sign that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to Kayin? As the Magad of Kajnitz quotes from the Medrash Rabbah, that sign was Shabbos. Shabbos was the sign that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to allow Kayin to feel comfortable. And as we're going to see, it's the Indian of Shabbos, the idea of Hine Makom Iti, that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to the Jewish people, here, you have a place with me that is going to enable Kayin to truly feel calmness in the heart of the storm, rest in the heart of unrest, a place in placelessness. When Rabbi Nachman of Breslov was telling his tale of the son of the king and the son of the pauper who were switched, encountering that place of Heichel Hatmuros, like we spoke about last week, that topsy-turvy possibility of the metamorphosis, that it could be, as Rav Tzadok says, as Rabbi Nachman says, as Kafka said, that it could be that one morning I will wake up to find my world completely overturned. I went to bed a human being and I woke up a cockroach. Lahavdil. And this Heichalei Hatamuros is a real thing. And this Heichalei Hatamuros, which creates the switch of the son of the king and the son of the pauper in Rabbi Nachman's tale, as Rabbi Nassim points out, is a profound story with Sisrei Torah and Raze Oilam from the beginning of creation to the end of creation in it, as all of Rabbi Nachman's tales contain, what we will do is we'll focus on one small part decontextualized from the narrative. There was an individual who came to try and redeem a Sadeh. There was a person who understood that if I can redeem this field, if I can bring this field, this Gan, back to its original glory, if I could take outside of Gan Eden and restore it to its true nature of being Gan Eden, then the Ganani will arrive, the gardener will arrive. That gardener, that tzaddik, that redeemer will come back again to, to mend the plants, to fix them. But when he arrives at this garden, the guardians of the garden say, here's your test. You want the gardener to return? you have to pass the test first. And the test is as follows. The moment you enter into this garden, they are going to start chasing you. They are going to start chasing you. They're gonna run after you. Every moment that you find yourself in, you will feel that you need to move to the next step. It's not enough where you are. And the ichor, say the guardians of the garden, is to not be afraid. The question is not who is chasing you because in truth, no one is chasing us. There is nothing deferring us from our rightful place of finding comfort where we are. Like the Kajanitzer Magid says, that that Novenad Yehbe'aretz is a mesech within the mind of Kayin. It's not a metzias. It's an imagination. It's anxiety that causes us to move elsewhere at every moment. And the Iker, say the guardians of the garden, is to not be afraid, is to be calm is to not run, is to not chase, is to not be afraid of those feelings that there's something trying to defer you from where you are at. And this individual enters into the garden and they start chasing him, they start running after him. And he moves a little bit slowly with Menucha Sanefesh until he grabs hold of the tree at the center of the garden and he encounters calmness. Now Rabbi Nassan and the Tamid of Rabbi Nachman tell us that that tree is the Bechina of Shabbos just like the Os of Kayin, which is the Bechina of Shabbos. Because the idea of Shabbos is that an individual does not have to leave their place. 
It's a rectification of the sin of Cain. It's the feeling once a week that where I am is okay. I am here right now. I don't have to chase anything to find myself. There's no elsewhere that I need to run to. I am okay right here. I can find everything I have right here. Die. There's enough in this moment for me to encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hine makom iti. There's a place with me, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. You can't leave your Rishos on Shabbos. When you grab hold of Shabbos, when you grab hold of that sign of Kayin, you learn that 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 undying desire to be elsewhere at every moment is simply a figment of our imagination. But in truth, if we were to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the place that we are at, if we were able to connect to the Das, which is the building of the Beis HaMikdash in our own minds, as Rabbi Nachman tells us, we can become the Makom Shal Olam. We can become the place where everything needs to be. Now the Ramchal tells us in the beginning of a Sefer, Adir Bamarom, that one of the elements that helps save Kayan is the idea of an Ir Miklat, the idea of a city of refuge. Because in truth, a city of refuge is what happens when a person has fallen into mistakes, shkagos. A person has descended into their unconscious. A person has allowed their unconscious anxiety to begin to swallow up the ability of emuna bitachon and menucha senefesh. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends a hashpa'a from above. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends a gift from above, which tells us that there's a city of refuge where you can stop running. You don't have to run from these invisible things that are chasing you. You can find comfort where you are at. And these were those cities of refuge that Moshe Rabbeinu set up, assigning signs and simanim baderach pointing us towards those cities of refuge. And on a certain level, as the tzaddikim of Ishbitz and Radzin tell us, we are all horge hanefesh bishkaga. All of us on a certain level, as having been part and parcel of Adam HaRishon, and having a part of Kayan within us, are all responsible. We're all responsible for that which has taken place by mistake, the unconscious mistakes that we engage in. Shigios miyavin menestaros nakeni, those concealed elements of ourselves. And on a certain level, we all live our lives as if the Goel Hadam is chasing us, as if this invisible thing is chasing us, looking to devour us, to annihilate us living with the curse of Kayin, of Navinad Yehbe'aretz. But the Bechina of an Irmiklat, of finding a place to rest my head, of finding a city of refuge where I can take comfort where I am with the deep feeling that I no longer have to run anymore. That's the redemption of Shabbos. That's the redemption when a person comes to realize that in this place right now, wherever HaKadosh Baruch Hu has arranged for my life to lead me, whatever one of the 42 journeys that I am encountering right now in my life, I am okay right now. I have what I need. I don't have to be afraid. I can rest my head. I can rest in this place, in this makom, and I can encounter makom olam. The Svasemes says something incredible, and I want to read it inside. In Parshas Masai, the Svasemes says as follows. With regards to Ari Miklat, somebody who has killed something by mistake, killed a dream, killed a hope, killed an idea, 
accidentally, they have no place. But a Kaddish Baruch Hu, in his chesed and his rachamim, has created a place where this person who is stuck within mistakes, within the unconscious mistakes that we all feel, those chasronos that we encounter, Hashem gives us a place. But if this person thinks that they have a place to run to, the city of refuge does not bring them inside. Because in truth, the only thing that allows an ir mikla, the city of refuge, a place to rest our head to function properly, is our awareness that in truth we have no place. A person who thinks there's some place that we can arrive at which will satisfy all of our fears, desires, expectations, etc., 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 has no place in this world. It's only when a person embraces the very placelessness of what it means to be a human being, the very reality that wherever I am, I will always feel that I am lacking. Until I recognize that inherent lack within myself, I will never find my place. But when I recognize that there is no place for me, there is no place where I will find everything I need because it's only with you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where I will find what I need, that's when there is a place with me. And the Svasemis continues in another Torah, and he says, This renunciation of a place, this hopelessness and finding a place to rest our head, this undying sense of wandering, is the very thing which gives us a place. Hashem provides a place for those who have no place. Nimsa, it turns out, Ki ikr mekomo, the essential place of an individual, is ma'ashe yodea she'en lo makom, is when a person recognizes that they have no place. And this itself is the rectification. It's only when we realize that it's only HaKadosh Baruch Hu who could give me menucha sanefesh. Without HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're stuck within the curse of no v'nadiyeh ba'aretz, wandering to and fro. But the moment that I recognize that wherever my legs lead me, it's where HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted me to go, when I believe that every place that my feet have dragged me is exactly what Hashem wants from me, hine makomiti. At that place, I can encounter comfort. When a person is cut through with the full awareness of death and doubt and wandering and placelessness, what we announce is hamakom yenachem eschem, the real makom, hakadosh baruch hu, she'ein ha'olam makomo, elohu makomo shel olam. Hakadosh baruch hu is not found within the world. The world is found within hakadosh baruch hu. The place of hakadosh baruch hu is where we find ourselves, and that is anywhere. If we align our minds to hakadosh baruch hu, wherever we are, there we are. Wherever we go, there we are. We can find satisfaction. We can draw down the light of Shabbos into that moment. We can grab hold of that tree and we can stop running. We can turn around and look our fears in the eyes and recognize that in truth, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing chasing me other than my undying sense of being chased. Rabbi Nachman says as follows in the 56th teaching in the second volume of Lakuta Maharan. <clears throat> When a person has a heart, there's no concept of space that relates to them. It's the opposite. The person becomes the place of the world. 
that we want to understand, like we spoke about in the original introductory shir of our emotions and our hearts. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is found in our hearts. Like the Pasuk says, the stone of my heart. And by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Pasuk says, Hine makom iti, I have a place for you. There's a place with me. Shehu makomo shal olam olam makomo. He is the place of the world and the world is not his place. Nimsa mishi yeshlo lev Yisraeli, someone who has a Jewish heart, someone who allows the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to penetrate into their hearts, to settle that natural anxiety and wandering that we feel. It's not appropriate for a person to say that this place is not good for me. Because in truth, there is no place. Every place is his place. The place itself is what brings comfort. And when a person begins to recognize that in truth, every place that I wander is into the lap of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's when a person begins to feel comfort. Nobody represented this paradigm as much as Davin Malka Mashiach. Davin Amelech, we're told, is the legless beggar of Rabbi Nachman who never arrives. What does it mean to be without legs? What does it mean to be legless? It means that I recognize that my legs are not my own. Wherever I find myself, that's where HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted me to be. I am not in control of where I walk. As Davin Malka Mashiach tells us that Chashavti Drachai, I thought I was going somewhere. I thought I was walking elsewhere. I thought I was going to do whatever it is that I wanted to do against the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But ultimately, HaKadosh Baruch Hu led me to the base Medrash. Hashem led me to where He wanted me to go. When a person realizes that wherever they go, there they are, that wherever I am is where HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants me to be and I can find rest in this makom, I become the legless beggar. I stop looking at my own legs as carrying me. I stop feeling as if I'm the one in charge of where I'm wandering. And I learn to accept the fact that, okay, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if this is where you wanted me to be at this moment, then Tov, I will find you in this moment. Hine makomiti, the makom itself will become the redemption. As the Bir Halacha brings down, that David HaMelech used to walk around barefoot, yachaf, just like Moshe Rabbeinu had to be barefoot highlighting that our tzaddikim understood that they were not the ones walking anywhere. Wherever they were going was where HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted them to be. As Rabbi Nachman tells us, Kol makom any place that I'm walking, any time I feel that I'm wandering, any time I feel that this is not the place to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that this is not where Hashem is found, that this is not where I can find comfort, I have to remember that I'm walking to Eretz Yisrael. And every step, kol pesia v'pesia, every step that I take, I can encounter menucha sanefesh. I can encounter the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of hamakum yenachim eschem. It's overcoming that mesach hamavdil, overcoming that undying desire to be elsewhere, that curse of Kayan. That Kayan who says, the Kayan bona ear. Kayan went and built an ear. The Kliyakar asks, why doesn't it say in past tense that he had built an ear? Why does it say in present tense? Because the curse of Kayan Kliyakar says is that every time he thinks he's completed something, he feels he needs to do more. He feels he needs to be elsewhere. He feels that what he has done is not good enough. That's the outcome. That's the symptom of the Klala of Kayan, to feel that whatever we have done is not enough. But when a person is Margish Shabbos, that Makom, that al Ishmi Makomo, that's when a person finds menucha sanefesh. That's when a person can live within the mindset of ki'ilu komlach asuya. I'm okay right now. 
I'm okay right now. And this could be shot in the Medrash, that after Adam Arishon sinned, after Adam Arishon sinned and he was struggling to figure out what to do now with the world that was cut through with death awareness and svekos and confusion, he saw Kayan wandering back from the field humming the tune of Mizmor Shir Liyoy Mashabas, of praises to HaKadosh Baruch as the Nesiva Shalom points out so beautifully in this mimer, praise to Hashem for creating Shabbos. And that's where Adam Arishon was makabel the idea of tshuva of returning to where one is in that very moment. It's the Nakuda of Shabbos that gives us chayas in this world. And it's the Nakuda of Shabbos that saves us from this undying sense of needing to be elsewhere. And Shabbos is a mindset. It's a mindset. It's the ability to find menucha where we are at in this present moment. And although we can speak about Kayan for many weeks, Bezras Hashem, next week, what we're going to speak about is Noah of Zayin Achamenu Me'oitzev Yadenu, of the person who comes to Bring us comfort of Hamakum Yenachem Eschem. We're going to talk about what the Teva of the Noyach means, of what Tevas Noyach means, the ability to find a place within the storm itself, a real place that even though everything is terrible and broken on the outside, nevertheless, a person can find themselves within that Tevas Noyach, Ezra Hashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page, and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.